0: Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, God is one. Amen. Beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm so happy that you are all here today on this very special coincidence when July 2nd, the feast of the visitation of our Holy Mother, the Theotokos and Ever Virgin Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth, and it happens to fall on a Sunday. Uh, since we're sadly not able usually to gather every day, and really not even for a lesser but still important feast like this one, it's a real treat to share with you the richness of the story. But I want to pause for one moment before I get into this because I, I do want to tell you something about the history of this feast. Um, this feast. Um, uh, was created uh, by um, the Pope um, to intercede uh, to have Mary intercede for the schism between East and West to be healed. So I think it's very appropriate that we have this feast in our calendar on this day and we're able to talk about that. As we all know, we're here as part of trying to heal that schism as being in part of the Western Rite. So in this story, Mary goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who has miraculously conceived in her old age. Now Elizabeth's son, right, is none other than John the Baptist, who the story tells us leaps in the womb of Elizabeth when she hears Mary's greeting. So already John the Baptist is saying, behold the Lamb of God. And Elizabeth being filled with the Holy Spirit and perhaps prodded by John the Baptist's fetal preaching, cries out, blessed are you amongst women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? In this sense, Elizabeth is the first after Mary, who's heard it directly from the mouth of the angel to declare in Luke's gospel that Jesus is Lord, which is truly remarkable. But why is Mary visiting? Well, admittedly, the story is a little vague here. But right before this is the story of the Annunciation in Luke's Gospel. And in that story, when the angel answers Mary, when she asks the angel how she's going to bear Jesus, the the angel Gabriel says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with god and mary said behold i am the servant of the lord let it be unto me according to your word and the angel departed from her so you see here that the angel gabriel connects the miraculous birth of jesus with that of elizabeth in her old age conceiving a son So we're led to presume that Mary goes with haste, as it says in the passage, to visit Elizabeth now that this news has been delivered to her, because as a very young woman, right, that's our tradition, Mary was very young, Um, she goes to learn from Elizabeth's wisdom about being pregnant and having a baby. And I also suspect that our compassionate mother wants to help care for Elizabeth, her cousin, as it's almost certain, right, that Elizabeth's pregnancy would be taking quite a toll on her At her age. But there's something much, much, much deeper going on here. It turns out that Luke is weaving the elements of what happened in a way that makes it clear that Mary is the ark of the new covenant. This would have been easy for folks who were familiar with the Old Testament as those, of course, who were first listening to Luke's gospel would have been but I bet it's not so easy for us. So how does this work? Well, recall that God commanded Moses about how to build the temple and how to construct the ark of the covenant. Recall it was made of acacia wood and covered inside and out with gold. Inside it was the tablets of the 10 commandments, a jar of manna, Aaron's rod that had budded, and when all was completed, the Shekinah glory, the cloud of the Lord, covered that is, overshadowed, the tent of meeting and filled the tabernacle. Starting to see a connection? It keeps going. The ark was originally in Shiloh on a hilltop city about 20 miles north of Jerusalem. And you may recall that David goes out there to get the ark and bring it to the temple. Now, recall Uzzah reached out a hand to steady the ark and was struck dead, trying to like do the right thing. And then what does David say in this hill country around Jerusalem, where this story is taking place? He says, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? What was Elizabeth's words? Why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Hmm, All right. What else? We're told that David, when he approached the ark, shouted out and danced and leapt in front of the ark. When David did this, he was wearing the priestly garment of an ephod. And now likewise, when the new ark comes to Elizabeth, John the Baptist, the son of Zechariah the priest, and therefore part of the priestly line of Aaron, leaps in his mother's womb. And the parallels don't stop. When Uzzah dies, David leaves the ark there for three months. And how long does Mary stay with Elizabeth? Three months. And the ark was housed in the house of Obed-Edom. And it says the house was blessed by the ark being there, just as Elizabeth is repeatedly speaking of the blessing of the new ark now being in her home. And those shouts of joy for the ark? When it says that Elizabeth cried out in a loud voice, that's a very rare Greek word, anaphneu, which only occurs in the New Testament in this very passage. And it turns out that that Greek word is the same Greek word used for the shouts of all of Israel, and described as David brings the covenant, brings the ark of the covenant with the loud shouting, the musical instruments, the dancing of David. And this word would have certainly immediately perked up the ears of Luke's audience, who were who? Greek Jews, right? Who would have been familiar with the Greek translation of the Old Testament known as the Septuagint, where that word, anaphano, is used in those passages about this very ark coming back to the temple. How cool. So now... The ark is back in Jerusalem and placed in the temple in the Old Testament, right? And the glory of the Lord now returns to it. And again, this parallels in that Mary being there three months, what does she do next? She goes home, back to Jerusalem. And then Jesus, well, they go out to Nazareth, and then they go back to Jerusalem with Jesus in their arms, presenting him in the temple. And now, again, the the ark has come back, bearing the thing inside it. And... The Shekinah has returned to the temple in a way no one expected. A little baby boy, God incarnate. So, and I can't help but mention, of course, the parallels to what was in the ark to Jesus himself, right? The stone tablets written by God, now the word of God in flesh. Aaron's budding rod, the proof of true priesthood, now the true priest. And we can also see in those blossoms, we can see Christ on the tree of the cross. The mark of that true priest who lays down his life to bring others closer in connection with God. And finally, the manna, the bread from heaven. Now our Lord, the true bread from heaven of which we will partake shortly. So I hope you'll agree with me that these parallels would have been, are unignorable to us and would have been deeply moving to Luke's audience. They should also be deeply moving to us. It also moved our holy fathers and mothers. Hear the words of St. Gregory the Wonderworker from the third century in one of his sermons. Let us chant the melody that has been taught us by the inspired harp of David and say, Arise, O Lord, into thy rest, thou and the ark of thy sanctuary. For the Holy Virgin is in truth an ark, wrought with gold both within and without that has received the whole treasury of the sanctuary. And this from St. Athanasius from a sermon in the fourth century. O noble virgin, truly you are greater than any other greatness. For who is your equal in greatness, O dwelling place of God the word, to whom among all creatures shall I compare you, O virgin, you are greater than all of them, O ark of the covenant, clothed with purity instead of gold. You are the ark in which is found the golden vessel containing the true manna, that is the flesh in which divinity resides. And with all of this, what inspiration should we be taking from this incredible recognition that Luke is telling us that Mary is the ark of the covenant in our daily lives as Christians? Well, first and foremost, we need to remember that we are also to be called God bearers. We are called to be arks. For we too are to carry Jesus in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, and thus we need to be like Mary, who we should give great honor and respect to. We should reflect Mary's purity and be like the art gold, inside and out. Her holiness and purity serve as a powerful example for us to strive toward purity of heart and to cultivate a close and personal relationship with our God. Next, we must be receptive of God's presence in us, God's whole presence inside of her. Mary wholeheartedly received and embraced God's plan for her life. Her response, let it be unto me according to your word, demonstrates her complete surrender to God's will. We must learn from Mary's willingness to accept God's calling, be obedient to him, and trust in his divine providence. And just as Mary was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and filled with the Spirit, so we must be too, so that Jesus can grow and form inside of us. And finally, we must be bearers of Christ to others. Just as the ark carried and bore the symbols of the Old Testament, we must bear with our words, our hands and our feet and our souls, the symbols, the reality of the New Testament, that of our Lord and Savior to all the world around us, showing others through our words and actions love for all of mankind, just as Mary did. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. May the Lord be with us also. Blessed art thou, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. May we carry him in our hearts as you did in your womb, and may those around us leap with joy in our presence. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour. Talks at Advent. Homilies and Reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.